I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a comedian. I'm also a country singer now. I'm also an idiot the whole time. I've been an idiot. An idiot. I can't even say an idiot. I don't know a thing. And that is why we're here. We're learning. We're laughing at my stupidity. We're having fun. And thank you to everyone who is here having fun with us. And by us, I mean me and everyone else listening, who is also us. I feel like we're a group. We're a crew. You know where the real crew is. You know what I'm about to say. Over on Patreon, patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed. Shout out to my best idiots forever. Those are top tier patrons, Gene and Kathy. Supporting at a high level, but you can support for as little as a dollar a month. Uh, by the way, shout out to new patrons, Callum, Amber, Jill, Steve. Welcome. Welcome to the brigade of idiots it's a lot of fun listen there's a lot of stuff going on over there i just posted a full set that i did on saturday you could see a full set i'm posting more stuff we do crappy hours and those are just like hour hangs at certain levels i send cards you get all of these episodes with none of the intros none of the ads and if they go longer than an hour it's only on patreon this one doesn't but most of them do um, I guess this week had a heart out because she's busy, busy, busy. So uh, you're getting you're getting the full thing this week. But I'm telling you, you are missing out on a lot. The Lance Allen stuff. Oh, my God. The stuff I got into with Joe last week. You guys. So just head over there to support the podcast. Another way to support the podcast doesn't cost a thing. You can leave me a review and a rating on iTunes. Preferably a nice one would be the way to be supportive. I guess you could also just single-handedly try to ruin the podcast if uh I don't know you're a piece of shit uh but yeah if you do that it helps get the podcast in the algorithm the more reviews I have the more people find the podcast the more legitimate it looks to I don't know whoever these fucking gatekeepers that look at podcasts are and go like you are worthy of my attention because of your other thing that has nothing to do with the thing you're pitching me it's a whole it's a whole thing Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The other way you can join the fun is the Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots on Facebook. Join that. That's free. Uh, but make sure you do answer the question when you join so that I know you are a podcast listener and not a weird person who thinks it's just a Facebook group for quotes or something is a thing that seems to happen, even though ignorance is blessed is not the quote. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Also support me personally by getting NeuroGum. GetNeuro.com slash JMS gets you 15% off your first pack or first order, entire order. You can get multiple packs at once of NeuroGum. And it's caffeinated gum with L-theanine and B vitamins. Gives you focused energy. A little bit of the the, uh, rush of caffeine without it really being a jittery rush and no crash. So it just gives you energy that's focused. You can get things done. It's great. You want to write. You want to get into your work and not be distracted that's the shit for you and you guys keep buying it so thank you and also thank you to everyone still using filthy 20 over at squattypotty.com that gets you 20 percent off 
20% off a squatty potty. What are you waiting for? Your poops have never been better. They don't even sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I'm just obsessed with squatty potty. Literally, this week I got a keychain from them because I'm so obsessed with them. Um. Okay. Anyway, before we dive into our guest, Sacramento, I'm coming. April 23rd and 24th. I'm back, baby. Stand up is back. A little bit. It's coming back. And that's one of the places I'm going. It'll be fun. So head over to laughsunlimited.com because that is where I'm performing. Laughs Unlimited. And get your tickets. Let's sell this shit out. Let's fucking have a party. I miss you guys. I miss everyone on the road. I miss, I just miss people. Uh, Speaking of people, enough about me. Let's get to our guest. You guys, my guest this week is a badass bitch. Jessica Zweig. I interviewed her a while back and I've been waiting to put this one out because I wanted to do a, a social media themed month. We'll see what comes of that. Um, things are getting, the, the themes are getting uh, shuffled around. But that's neither here nor there because she doesn't need a theme to shine because she shines all on her own. She, okay, so we talked about branding. She just wrote this book. And you guys, I bought the book. It's so good. I bought one for some friends. Like, it's about, okay, so first of all, name of the book, B. A no bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and net worth by simply being yourself. And that's what we talk about in this episode. We talk about what the fuck does it mean to have a personal brand? How do you even figure that out? Why the fuck does it matter? Millions of things. But she gives so many like great nuggets of wisdom. Just there's so many quotable moments in this goddamn podcast where she just says things that you're like, oh, fucking hell. Mind blown. God damn it. You guys are going to love her. She's amazing. So enjoy the episode. Go get yourself a book, especially if you're an artist or you're trying to start a business. Um, I mean, it's also just a good book for getting into your own self-worth for, you know, how you're presenting yourself in your workplace, even if you're just trying to be an employee in a certain type of company. I highly recommend it. And it's not just a bunch of generic advice. She actually like lays out like formulas for like figuring out your own shit and provides in the book there are pages provided for you to fill in and like figure out you know what kind of you know the pillars of who you are and uh, what makes you authentically you and I could go on and on but that would defeat the purpose of this episode because she does all the going on that you're going to need for all of this so no further ado check out the show notes by the way to get a link to her book and please enjoy this week's guest, Jessica Zweig. Hey, idiots. We're back. I am so excited. I am here with Jessica Zweig, creator of the Simply Be Agency, author of this incredible book, which if you're watching on the live stream, you can literally see me holding. I really tried to like prop it up next to me. Anyway, I want to go into how obsessed I am with it already, but thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love you already. Oh my God, same. I'm so excited. So literally most people will be ingesting this through their ears so they don't see that I like, I've always been a very like loud dresser, loud in general. I think dressing is probably the quietest thing I do. Um, (laughs) But I don't always like throw anything on for the podcast because I'm just like working out and I'll just like shower and I'm like, hey, what's up? And I'm like skimming through your book, just like enjoying it. And there's like a... (laughs) I, I just glanced at the back because I was like, I haven't finished it, but I want to like know what I want to ask about. And there's a part about how like your fashion is also your brand. So, yes. so I was like, she's right. I have to throw on a pink sweater. Um, I just love that. I love the, I love, I, well, 
we'll get into it. I just love this whole, you know, your brand is like who you are kind of yes. authenticity. And, and I'm trying to, to keep it at surface level because I have like a toe in the branding world. I studied, you know, I was like PR before I did comedy. And so I want to come at this from like a base level for people listening who maybe are like, I don't know any, what's going on. <laughs> like what a brand, uh, like Coca-Cola or, you know, so Mm. can you explain for the listeners like when some when when you say brand like what is a brand what does that mean so a brand is the emotional affinity and connection as to why someone would want you why someone would buy you why someone would refer you why someone would want to have you in their life And in my view, there's no better type of brand than a a personal brand because human beings, I often say that brands, people aren't trying to be brands. Brands are trying to be people because it's, it's who we are, right? (laughs) (laughs) True. We can all, we as human beings can, we have emotions already. We have inflection already. We have hearts and souls already. And so you mentioned Coca-Cola. (laughs) Coca-Cola spends billions of dollars trying to connect emotionally with consumers. We don't have to do that. We don't have to try so hard as people. We can just be who we are and do that effectively. Um, I love that so much. Yeah, that's so funny. Just like I absolutely do not want to make this brand, this podcast at all about Coca-Cola. But like, (laughs) I mean, they trademark Santa Claus. Like they are really trying to cut into all of us, you guys. (laughs) so, I mean, you've been, you've been like the brand lady. You're just, you're a top entrepreneur. I mean, you've been recognized by Forbes and, and so many amazing um, just outlets. I'm so excited to have you here. Aww. And then like with your book, I'm loving you kind of telling your story of how you went from like, what the fuck am I doing? Like yep. what's going on to, to all of this. Um. I, I want to talk about authenticity. So, I mean, it's a big theme throughout your book and like what, you know, I, I don't want to just keep going. What does that mean? No. But I'm like, I think it's like, it's kind of in, like for some people, maybe like a buzzword that they hear depending on, their, you know, Oh, authentic. It's, you know, and I think arguably you could hear authentic and be like, Oh, it was, it was handmade. Like, what do you mean? Authentic what, when, when we say authenticity, like, what does that really mean? And how, you know, let's talk about ways that like people can cultivate authenticity. Yeah, sure. I mean, I obviously get this question a lot since authenticity is a core central theme in the book. And yet it's such a huge buzzword. And so many people have such an opinion about the word being overused and it's lost its meaning. And everyone sort of has a perspective on like what authenticity is and what isn't. And what, you know, what mine simply is, is it's, it's the distinction between love versus fear. Okay, let me break that down. So when you show up authentically, which means to me, from your heart, you're, you're coming from love and love shows up in a multitude of ways. Love shows up as service. Love shows up as joy. Love shows up as abundance. Like that's authenticity to me. Like, is it coming from your heart? And then on the flip side, you know, zero judgment, but like, are you operating from fear, which is, expressed in ego, which is expressed in jealousy, in comparison, 
and scarcity and imposter syndrome, right? Check, check, check. All of those things are inauthentic. Like you can see someone really potentially starving to be authentic and seen, but you can feel it energetically that it's coming from a place of, of ego or, or, or scarcity. And then if you look at the people who you think are really in, in view as authentic, you can feel that in your heart. They, they are embodied. They are coming from their own sense of joy and service. And so in the simplest terms to me, authenticity versus inauthenticity is love versus fear. They're, they're opposites. And they're the two most like polarizing energies in, in the universe. So that to me is the difference. Oh my God. I love this so much. And the listeners cannot will never hear Psalm's reactions, my producer, but his head is exploding. He's like, just, I mean that I've never even thought of it like that. I've never heard it put like that, but you're so right. And obviously, you know, my, my main thing is I'm a stand-up comedian. So my brain goes to like the stand-up comedy world. And even on like such a small scale as like people performing, you can tell when someone is kind of like doing an act, it's a thing that uh, I think early on with comedy, some people are trying to figure out their voice. So they, you know, inadvertently are mimicking comedians they like, but you can tell, I mean, I've seen, I'm a dirty comic. I'm filthy. I'm disgusting, but like I'm a filthy, disgusting person. And you, I see women because it's a niche. It's not, it's not like no one's being dirty, but like it's a specific sort of type of comedy. And I've seen, comedians thinking like oh that's what like female comedians do and you can you can see the difference when someone is like not a dirty person and they're trying to be like edgy and it's like oh you're not this is so uncomfortable for you like you you should not you should talk about something else like don't do this talk about a thing you like exactly I just I love that and I and and speaking in like fear and authenticity obviously you know I I and, you know, to a fault, probably believe in the good of people. And I would say that like, probably so many people who are operating from that inauthentic, you know, fearful place, they don't want to be like, someone doesn't want to be inauthentic. They don't want to be like, I don't know if people like me, but like, if I use a jade roller and talk about it, my friends will be like, you're so good with skincare. <laughs> like, they're just like, mm, I, you know, just trying to be like, I love Chanel bags. <sighs> But accept me. Um, right. I'm like so projecting myself. Um, <laughs> I don't have a Chanel bag, just terrible knockoffs. Uh, how, do, like, obviously you've gone through the experience of sort of like hitting a wall and like having this revelation of like, oh, I'm not living my truth. And like, yeah. what do I really want? Do you think that there were like, are there steps someone could take to like push through that? Or is it like, mm-hmm of come to Jesus or what the universe moment of like, it just sort of clicks. I think it's both. I think it's a series of breakdowns to breakthroughs and then applying those lessons day by day, micro action by micro action. And and the only reason I feel like I have a right to talk about authenticity, to be frank, is because there was such a long period of my life where I was being inauthentic in a, in a really big way and operating from my fear and operating from ego and scarcity. And the, the, the moments, if I were to really look back at the signature sort of catalysts of what really kind of awakened me to, holy shit, you're being really inauthentic, Jessica, it's time to shift, is when I, you know, bottomed out at, financially, like when I went broke. 
uh, when I was so, so physically sick that I had to have surgery because I was getting chronic sinus infections because my body was inflamed from drinking so much. Oh God. Like there, there, there have been these moments that just like real rock, like they weren't even walls. They were bottoms. Bottoms. And, yeah. And I think the key that at least for me, that I, I would impart onto your audience, which to be frank was the hardest part of the whole, the whole deal basically was um, this concept of radical responsibility of like looking at, you know, there's that expression when you point a finger, there's three pointing back at you. Like try uh, Yes. So like really <laughs> taking like full accountability for the co-creation that I had in my financial state, that I had in my toxic relationships, that I had in my unhealthiness. Like it's so easy to, to, to blame. And then when you assume responsibility, when something happens, you become empowered and you become really crystal clear on who you are are being and who you are not being. Yeah. And that to me is like the real opening, I think, into an authentic way of living is, is really holding the mirror up to yourself and and taking like full accountability for the light and the dark. Absolutely. And I think that, I I mean, I could imagine, not even I could imagine, it's, it's hard. I think anyone listening, you're like, uh, and I've gone through it of like, oh man, having to really see yourself, like, and go and recognize like your part in things and like, Oh, here's what I'm doing that is harmful or is getting in the way of myself or my joy. It's that's hard. Um, but you know, obviously, you know, I, I know like it's, it paid off. It pays off. Cause then you know what you've got to do uh, to like, how can I be better? With shifting from, you know, inauthenticity, wow, what a word, uh, to like living your most authentic self, obviously end result is gonna benefit you. But I imagine for some people, there may be a sticky phase where some people don't, they're like, oh, I really liked how your inauthentic person benefited, benefited me and made me feel like, so did you have an experience of like, lo- you know, losing some people you thought were friends or some connections when you decided like, no more bullshit, like I'm not going to be inauthentic anymore? Yes. And that happens to this day, even on this journey of authenticity and evolution. So one of my favorite expressions is vibe up or vibe out. And we are I love that, right? Vibe up or vibe out. That's a principle in my life that has, that I don't even need to practice. It just happens. Oh, right. I love that. And, and you're, we're, authenticity is a journey. It's a daily practice. It's not like a toaster, like you cooked and you're done. Like you're yeah. not, a, it's like a messy iterative evolution of your life. It's why you're here, right? Your soul is meant to evolve. And so you're going to attract people that are kind of at the frequency since we're all energy. That's not spirituality. That's science Science, that is at your level. And then as you grow and evolve and your frequency shifts and changes and expands, there are people that can either ride with that version of you or can't. Yeah, And they tend to, to, to peace out and new things vibe in. And it's not always comfortable. In fact, it's very, can be very painful when people vibe out, when you realize you're too much for that person or that person had different, a different agenda than you did or have different intentions than you have. But that's, that's the price I think we all pay on the path to authenticity. 
and that's yeah. happen. That's that's okay. It's a sign that you're that you're doing it. You're doing yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a you know, I think it, it, it's a reminder we all need. There's this you know social thing of kind of. I don't want to call it, maybe it's a social construct of this idea that you feel like you need, like people who have been in your life for a certain amount of time, you just have this, like you have this grandfathering responsibility to always have that friend. And it's like, it's okay to go love them. It was great. I've, I've gone somewhere else. And that can be painful. Like it's, I think it's okay to like mourn the fact that like you and someone are no longer on the same level. And that it's like time to maybe move on from that friendship or partnership, whatever. Right, right. It happens all the time. Okay, it's actually a good thing. Yeah. Um, when you say vibe up and vibe out, by the way, amazing, obsessed, love that. And you're like, it, I don't even have to like practice it. It comes naturally. Was that always the case or was this, a, is it like, do you feel like some of this is a muscle that you at the beginning had to like work and go, no, I don't need to like, continue this thing. I need to stick to what I know is, is right for me. And it was like work at first. I mean, girl, I'm, I'm going to reveal my age. I don't typically do that, but I'm 39. Okay. So I'm a lot. God damn. You look good. What the (laughs) hell? That was the reaction I was going for. No, I'm just kidding. But I like (laughs) to say that I I would like to believe that I look younger than I am, but, but I'll, I'm going to keep trying for that, that, that fact. Um, but, but the point is I, I just figured my life out like five years ago. (laughs) So, (laughs) So literally, so like around 34, 35, 33, 34, like things started to click. And then that's when Simply Be, my company like took off and the book deal came and the blah, blah, blah. But like all the way leading up to that early stage of my thirties, I I had a, I mean, my book is self-worth to net worth. Like self-worth is the cause, net worth is the effect. And I had really low self-worth. Like I took crumbs from boyfriends, from clients, from teammates, like from girlfriends. And I just... I had to go through that and I didn't have that muscle, but it was all of those, those moments that, that revealed to me, I deserve better than this. And, and, and so I think that we all have to come to those realizations in our own time. And for me, that was a long road. That was a really long road. And I, I wouldn't take it back for anything. Like it all happens for you, not to you. And I so see that now. Oh, I love that. I also like, thank you for, you know, vulnerably revealing your age as, you know, women in the world. It's such a thing that we're supposed to be like, um, I'm still 23. Uh, I think that's great because I think there's, you know, this false idea we have maybe when we're young of like, well, by the time I'm 30, I'll have everything together. I'll probably, you know, I'll have my house and my family and my, I'll be a CEO. And it's like, what? (laughs) Okay. Um, I love that. And I just love that. Like, I think that I, I, like, it's easy to like operate in like comfort fear so you going not till my early you know 30s did I go actually this is not the right thing for me where I think some people maybe start to have those feelings about things but like go like but like what what's gonna happen what's the risk you talked about self-worth it's a big big thing in her book um which I, there will be links to it in the show notes and you will have, by the time you hear this, you will have seen it all over my Instagram. And if you haven't bought it yet, what the hell are you doing? Go buy it. Um, 
when you started recognizing that like, oh, my self-worth has allowed people to treat me like this or me to accept less than I deserve. What, when, what, did, what did you do? Like, what does someone do when they go, I, because it's hard. It's first of all, hard to like go, oh, wow, my self-worth. But then that gap between wanting to, you know, value yourself for like how much you're really worth and like actually doing it. I think is like hard. What are, what are steps that like you took to really build, like, you know, like really build your self-worth instead of like, you know, I imagine there's a moment of like, I got to fake it till I make it, but one day I'll feel how much I'm worth. Oh, I'm like a, like case study in faking it till you make it like faking it until you make it and the dictionary has my photo next to it. Like I've faked it till I made it most of my life. (laughs) Uh, To answer your question though, it's a really good question. Um, I think one of the first steps you have, you have to learn how to do is listen to your intuition. It never lies to you. Your, your gut is your compass, right? Your mind is going to lie. Your heart might like lead you in in a passionate direction, but like your gut, it's never wrong. And so I started to tune in and learn like what it lists, what it sounded like, which is just a full physical, all body knowing. And so that's step one. And I think you're absolutely right, Jess. Like it's it's hard to activate your worth. And that's kind of the point. You have to be willing to have hard conversations. You have to yeah. be willing to take a stand. You have to be willing to be rejected. You have to be willing to be unliked. Like I think about, there was one particular moment in my career where I was going down the path of partnering up with another agency before I really took Simply Be off on my own. And it was a bunch of dudes. And they, they convinced me for a year that I wasn't capable of running a company, that I could just be the face. And, and, I, and I believed them in my mind, but in my gut, I knew there, were, there was something off, but I ignored it for a year. And then I signed this contract with these guys and I was, I was literally going to go into business with them. And I woke up one morning and my whole, my, like my intuition was screaming at me. And I knew, I was like, you can't do this. You can't do this deal with these guys. And I knew they were going to see red. I knew they were going to like scream at me. So I, I took them all out to coffee, like in a public place. And I told It's them, like a breakup. Like just totally. like a literal. So oh my God. I'm thinking. I like staged the whole thing. It was like an intervention of my, like my future. It's your own intervention. It really was. And I, I mean, I swear to God, when I told the founder of this company, like this is one of those moments where I chose myself. I chose my worth. And I, I, I thought smoke was going to come out of his ears. Like his eyes watered. He looked at me like he was so angry and I knew he would be, which is why I was so fucking scared to have that conversation but I did it anyway. And I ended up, they had no choice to accept that that was my decision. Yeah. I left and I turned Simply the Agency into a seven figure company a year later. Like, I, and I'm not, I say that just as an expansive moment for hopefully your pe- people are listening. Like, you don't know what's on the other side of you choosing yourself and following your worth and listening to your intuition and making those terrifying decisions that you know is right. It's so limitless what's on the other side of that. Like I really firmly believe that. And it's never easy. It doesn't get easier as we get more successful or more joyful or whatever. We are always going to be faced with those conversations and moments where we have to choose 
our worth above someone else's perception of us. And so I just think that that is an ongoing lesson that, um, that I make a practice, I guess. I I love that. I mean, good for you. I mean, there's a lot of people that would be like, I'm saying there's a lot of people. I don't know. I I would be like, I don't know if I want to upset the amount of projects that I've like stuck through to the end right? because I'm like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to bum this person out. We already started like, uh, I mean, I finally in the last few years have, uh, I started to be okay. Even just saying no to things. I'm a chronic, like overcommitter, but, uh, re- like realizing something's not what I want. I'm still so bad at it. But like I've gotten like a little bit better at going. I can't do this. I will. I'm not gonna. I, this is not for me. Uh, still so far from where I want to be. But yeah, no. I'm, but I mean, it's. I think women especially, we have such a hard time saying no. Oh yeah, it's everything's an apology for women. Like I am uh, a big. Let me reread and reread this email to make sure I didn't apologize for nothing. Where it's like I'll just sorry. Here's a response that is not uh, doesn't need an apology but i'll be like hey sorry to email you for a thing that i need to email you for (laughs) like like, the chronic apologizing and just like that that thing that we're taught of like you know keep ever keep the peace and like be nice Mm -hmm. and smile um and that fear of like oh my god is everyone's gonna think i'm a bitch and it's like, well, no, no. Uh, it's so funny because to me, strong people in my life have it. Like when I first started meeting people who were like just really good at like saying no and setting boundaries, at no point did I even go like, "What a bitch!" Like I was, I would just, I was blown away. Like I was like, "That's an option. You can." Mm-hmm. You just said no. Like, <laughs> wow. You can just not do something and you did and you don't have to explain like if if it's not I mean, you know, sometimes I'm sure there are uh, situations that warrant an explanation. But um, I want to talk about this a little bit in terms of I really want to like turn the conversation to uh, like social media and how your brand works. I would actually like to take a break really quick because I feel like I want to dig into this conversation. Um, So we're going to take a break, everyone, and we'll be right back. Okay, I want to talk about I like d- digital media and social media is like such a big part of our world. And mm-hmm. so I kind of want to dig into just sort of branding and social media and maybe some tips or I mean I I love what you have going on here by the way with the branding, not just for social media but like the charts you have to really like suss out what your brand means. Thank you. So incredible. So for those of you guys who don't know there are like little like they're you know little worksheets basically within the book after she explains uh, you know a method or a, a way to like figure out really who you are and like what your brand is and what you're bringing so helpful because I'm sure I'm not alone in this it's really easy for me to like tell someone else like if I if I really know them go well here's what I think of you like and here you have there like, an Oprah example like with my friends I could go oh Oh, well, I feel like your brand is like crystals and spirituality and like, you know, and then for me, I'm like, I don't right. know. And right. I just, I love what you've done with pillars and, Thank you. and all of that. Um, everyone get the book. I can't stress it enough. Um, when, 
bringing bringing your brand to social media. <sighs> I don't even know what I want to ask. Do you have do's and don'ts? Could we maybe like talk about a couple different, maybe we could talk about like different platforms. I know that sure. you kind of utilize LinkedIn and I've heard lately, I've read about how like LinkedIn is actually a good, and I have been sleeping on that forever. LinkedIn is like, just like I have a bunch of connections and like it's people I went to college with and like random people I've met will sometimes add me, but I haven't looked at it. Let's talk about, let's just talk about LinkedIn. Tell me about it. <laughs> Great. I could tell you all about it. I mean, LinkedIn is not what you think it is. LinkedIn has evolved so much in the last three to four years specifically. And it's been around for like 20. So people like have this perception that it's this sort of dry place to like maybe hunt for a job and do some like baseless networking, but it's not, it's, it's actually a content platform. It publishes more content each week than the wall street journal online. And there's a real uh, content user experience over there that very few people know, which means that those who are actually optimizing it are the ones that get seen. So wow. you, it's, there's so much white space to really position yourself there as a authority. It's a place to grow yourself as a thought leader. You can have followers, you can have connections, but you can also have followers. You can create blogs, videos, live streams, stories, post in the feed, optimize your profile by sharing your portfolio and work. You could upload your podcast. You could upload your videos. You could upload, like show yourself there in such a dynamic way. And everyone is on it. And this is by the way, like we have a lot of corporate clients, like a lot of executives. So by virtue of our client base a couple of years ago, we were like, well, let's get to know LinkedIn better. Yeah. And then I also have a friend, a very good friend who is a huge job there. She's one of their top salespeople. Wow. And she has brought me in. Like I've been to the LinkedIn headquarters in Chicago. She's done trainings with me and my team. So all of these things that I'm going to share with you are like from the horse's mouth. Like I'm not making this up as like my own perspective as an expert. Like this yeah. is actually like, coming I've straight from LinkedIn. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I'm following what they, they told me. And like this is what it's designed to do. And this is how you do it. Exactly. Exactly. So think of LinkedIn as like I hate to say it, but like Facebook for business, like they want you to show your humanity there. They want you to be a real person and open up your life as a professional. Because again, like we do business with people, not products, not logos. Like it's, it's the P2P person to person industry, regardless if you're B2B or B2C, like that is the place to do it. And, and so I would just highly encourage people who are listening, write a blog on LinkedIn and share it out. See what you get back, put some posts in the feed, think about your profile. It's a, probably the number one activity on, on LinkedIn is looking at other people's profiles. Like we just stalk each other there. Right. <laughs> so, so like you can tell a really comprehensive story with your cover art, your headline, your about section, your portfolio of work, your work experience. There's all of these different ways to really like think of your LinkedIn profile as your own little separate personal website. I love that. It has like 700 million people plus plus now on the platform. I mean, that's, it's growing like crazy. And it's everyone. It's not just like corporate America. It's like creatives, it's entrepreneurs, it's, you know, artists. It's really, really cool. Actually. Wow. I love that. Let me ask you this. Do you maintain, is there a simply be LinkedIn and a Jessica LinkedIn? Yes. Amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And okay. And then when it comes to that, how, what do you do differently? Like, how do you uh, differentiate like the type of content you would put straight to simply be versus what would go on your personal LinkedIn? 
So my personal page is more active. Like I, I create more like day-to-day posts in the feed. I have all my blogs that live on my site. I've done videos. Um, another really cool thing is you can see as a person what you're interacting with. Like, so you can see if I've liked my friend's pop comments or my friend's blogs. Whereas a business page is really to tell the story of like the company and like mm-hmm. why you want to work there and what the company is really putting out and what you guys stand for. And a lot of the times they'll reshare what I share and vice versa. And it's just, you know, I, I think of the company pages, honestly, as a place that either the, the media is going to check out or potential people who want to work for my company will check out. But for me, it's like clients, it's my network, it's personal relationships. So you kind of want to deviate your content based on like those two audiences, which are, which are going to be different. Of course. I love that. I love that crossover. And then Um, so I don't know if everyone listening, you know, who's a social media maven or nut job or whatever you want to call us, but like, um, I found with like Facebook and even Twitter posting things that are, uh, sort of action-based as far as like engaging in a question is sort of like creates more interaction than just like, Hey, here's a funny thing. Is it the same on LinkedIn? Absolutely. I mean, I think that when, when it comes to the nature of all social media, like it's a dialogue, not a monologue. So anything you can do to create conversation and engagement and ask people and like, not even ask people a question, but like, just consider the fact that there are human beings yes. that are sitting on the other side of their computer or their it's phone. not an angry robot. That has no, no feeling. Exactly. It's not like a, a, a heart with a like button. It's a fucking person. Yeah. And so talk to them that way, like create conversation and copy and content and value for people that are, you know, really going to make them feel something back to kind of what I said originally, like our job as brands is to create this emotional affinity. And if you make people feel that, whether you ask a question or a call to action or not, they, they should engage with your content. They, yeah. They more likely engage with your content. I love this. This is, I mean, so helpful to know, man, I just had like a question that I thought was really good and it has completely. Oh, this is like a general out of curiosity, like LinkedIn etiquette thing. Yeah. Adding connections that you're not actually connected to. I get like, I I'm, I'm bad at LinkedIn as far as being active. So I have like a bunch of them sitting there. Is that normal? Is it like so, weird? Are you like a weirdo if you're like, oh, I, I'm interested in this person's page. I'm going to connect. Are they like, who the fuck are you? Or like, No, no, no. I think it's a really good question because it goes back to objectives. Okay. So what do you want to do with your LinkedIn? For me, I want to grow my brand, right? I really do. I want to grow my platform. Ask yourself. So let me, let me actually give you an example. I have about 8,000 connections on LinkedIn because I accept most people that are not weirdos, at least who I know, like have a job and want to connect and like want to, there's not nothing on their page and no picture. All of that. Right. Now I have another girl on my staff who is actually our in-house LinkedIn aficionado. And she's taught me a lot of the things that I know. Nora and Nora has like 500 connections because she really wants to keep her, her objective is different. It's to really personally network with prospective clients and real 
relationships in the real world. Whereas yeah. Jessica has 8,000 because I'm building a platform. I'm launching a book, right? I'm doing a whole bunch of other things. You have Nora. stuff that you want to reach a bigger audience where it's like, yes, I want to be connected with you. But like, it's not a thing where I'm trying to have this specific business. Uh, you they, know, you're going to be a client. Yeah. Right. Now, here's the really amazing thing about LinkedIn, though, that I want to explain. This is like going to blow your mind. That's this is why saying. I think LinkedIn is what really freaking cool. So there's the first degree connections. We have second degree connections. We have third degree. It's like six degrees of separation, right? Yes. Oh my so God. Nora, Nora might have 500 connections, first degree connections, but by virtue of her network on LinkedIn, her reach is like 700,000 people. Wow. That's what makes LinkedIn so cool and so different. You don't need to have this like mass following in order to like get yourself seen if you're creating content and your first degree connections like it enough that their second degree and third degree and fourth degree connections see it. You can have a post go viral with wow. like a very small audience over there. It's really, really amazing. That's really, that is amazing. Is LinkedIn like your favorite? Do you um, have a favorite? Lately it's clubhouse. And I am addicted to clubhouse. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I just turned off my notifications. Cause I was like, I need, I got to stop. It's, it's really, it's, it's a little crazy. It's like a black hole of like, you, you, you can't just go into clubhouse and dabble. Like if you are in it, you are in it. You are in it. And for those listening, hours. uh, clubhouse is relatively new. So some of you may not have it. And right now I think it's like in a beta, someone has to invite you type of thing. Um, it's audio. It's almost like you can go into things that feel like live podcasts where there's yep. like a section where people are on like quote the audio stage. So there's a group of people who will be having a conversation and you can sit in the audience and listen. And sometimes they'll open up the floor for questions. There's a like raise your hand feature. So you can get brought up with these like leading industry experts in whatever you're curious about or what you want to learn about um, and and really dive in. I've been in like in the comedy ones, but it's live comedy has been just not really a thing because of, you know, 2020. So yeah. it's all these people I haven't seen in so long. It just turns into like this raucous like green room crazy chat but it's cool because I'll be in this room where it's like at, at some point like I'm the biggest comedian in the room and then like last night all of a sudden like Tiffany Haddish showed up and it's like you don't know what you're gonna get like it's Coast. just these it's amazing oh but yeah it's definitely uh have you like figured it out yet if that makes sense that like I have I have the problem with my personal issue with Clubhouse lately is just my bandwidth. Like launching a book is so consuming and I have zero time. And I think the real way to grow and meaningfully meaningfully use Clubhouse is to spend time in it. Like yeah. to really to really like go into rooms, participate. You, you know, if you're up on a panel or you're a moderator, like you're in that room for two or three hours. Like, yeah. and I don't have that kind of time right no, now. No, absolutely not. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, 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 I figured it out. I think, you know, I study a lot of the best moderators and I think creating a great room and creating great conversation and great flow is an art and a science. You really have, you just can't, not anyone can just do it. You really have to kind of understand the mechanics of how to run a room and then finding the right topics and then marketing it with the right people to get more people in it. it I mean, it's, it's amazingly powerful. I, I, I have a lot of FOMO about it because I'm like, I wish I had more time to be in it because it could really Same. drive a lot of things, but it just takes such commitment. And unfortunately, there's only so many hours in the day, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, I think that right now the people who are doing, who are like making a lot of big moves on Clubhouse have 
found a way to commit a decent amount. I have a friend that's like at this point a clubhouse influencer, but like she lives on clubhouse. She lives like, on clubhouse. I know them too. They're on it all day long. That I'm like, how do you, would Does you have a job? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why don't you like, when do you do anything else? Like, are you doing anything else? How are you here? Um, but also tell me what are the good rooms? Um, <laughs> do you, have you thought about like even just like a fleeting thought? I know you're, you're consumed right now with the launch of a book. I, I can't even imagine have you like just toyed with the idea of like maybe one day you'll have a room in there that talks about like branding or marketing? Oh, or... I've been, I've been actually in rooms. I have a, there's a talk I do every Sunday from nine to noon. That's like the only time I have. And it's called um, build your brand, work the shit out of it with like some really powerhouse branding mavens. I love. So that. I'm, I'm in there. I've, I've done a couple of different rooms where I've sat on panels. Like I'm in it. I plan to do far more branding content, but I just don't have the time, the time these days, yeah. but I will. And that's, you know, how it goes. That's we're all yeah. and flowing with our time, but totally. I love that you said clubhouse because right now it feels like a dirty addiction I have because like not all of my friends have joined yet. And I'm like, when are you going to get a club? How are you going to get on clubhouse? <laughs> and it's like for, I'm just going in and like listening to people talk and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> talk about the stock market. Like, <laughs> I don't know anything about it. I'm like, oh yeah, spaceships. Cool. Uh, but so it's, it's cool. It's just like, it feels like live podcasting, but that's, that's amazing. Do you feel like, I want to talk about a little bit about Facebook and Instagram, obviously for anyone who's not like digging into every social media, I think those are the biggest ones. Yep. Do you feel like that they're going to continue to be big things? Do you feel like sometimes my, in my mind, I think like, is, is Facebook on the outs? But I'm like, no, I just have like, a lot of liberal friends who refuse to be on it because they're protesting Facebook or something. But like, I don't think that the reach is bad still. <laughs> no, I think that Facebook is going to be a part of our lives for forever. forever. And Instagram, I actually love Instagram. Like Instagram has its place. And I've, what I, what I've really come to find, I use Instagram far more than I use. I've been on Facebook since 2008 and like have like a ton of, you know, friends over there. And I like, I don't post that often in Facebook because it doesn't light me up. Whereas Instagram, because of the real time stories and all the different fun features, like, yeah. and, and I'm a creative. And so I love to tell stories with pictures and content. I actually have found that Instagram. So your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Like who you are being. Is God, I love tribe. all your catchphrases. Damn it. Your vibe <laughs> attracts your tribe. That's amazing. It's the truth. <laughs> I talk about that in my book. Uh. And and so for me, like, I'm not an asshole. Like I'm not, I'm a really <laughs> kind person. Like I have a lot of positive things to say. So yeah. I have attracted a lot of really kind people who follow me on Instagram that are also positive. And so my point is I love Instagram for the community that I've built. Like, I feel like I have a real community there and my community is like-minded to me and it just really fills me up. And yes, it can be a drag to like, try and get the likes and the engagement that you think you should get. And yeah. The like blah, blah, dopamine blah. hits from like, right. All of the above. Why but did I, this get as many likes as I thought it would? There's no rhyme or reason. Like you just have to put yourself out there and, and not give a shit. But yeah. for me, that's the best part about Instagram. And to be frank, I've really been able to drive my book sales business, like relate through Instagram. It's like Great. so powerful. That's, yeah. Social media is like really such a game changer and I love it so much. I also am a big, 
fan of Instagram. And all, I think also partly because yeah, obviously it's curated based on like who you're following. So right. you know, of course it has the algorithm. So there's people whose stuff I see more than others, but by and large, it feels like, and I'm sure this could be a reflection of like what I'm following and who I'm following. But like it feels much more positive and like base level, like calm to positive than the yeah. other social medias where like, I used when Twitter, I used to love Twitter because it used to be like, just like everyone I followed was just jokes and dumb puns, but now it feels volatile. Like it just, <laughs> well, politics have really un- unfortunately ruined social media for so many people. And yeah. like, you know, it's, it's become like news media instead of social media. And a lot of people who are just completely ill-equipped to talk about politics talk, like that's the majority of people now and yeah, everyone's an expert <laughs> everyone's an expert right. everyone's got a political pundit like data point on the resume no like I I've really I tap out of that narrative yeah but most people most people don't know how it's hard and- to get sucked in but it's like it's like a negative energy that like I, I don't know it's yeah. like easy to get sucked in and get consumed and I've had moments where like, I don't realize why I'm just like, I just don't feel good today. And it's like, oh, maybe because you just scrolled through a bunch of people fighting and screaming and being like, the world is on fire. And it's like, I mean, there was that time last year in California where like it literally was on fire, but uh, (laughs) where it's like, yeah, no, consuming that constantly is going to not make you feel good. Yeah, that's. That's what I I talk about actually in my book. Like I have a couple chapters on social media and you know, there's like a section I think where I'm like, how do you feel about social media? Like when the world, when the word social media comes up, what, what do you feel? I like, saw that. Feel, yeah. And like the, the net net is that it's like, a, it's a complicated, like we have complicated relationship with it, but the truth is you get to choose your own experience. It, it's called unfollow. It's called yeah. block. It's called yeah. mute. Like don't be afraid curate. of that mute and unfollow button. You guys, right? Like you get to choose what you, what you open up and see. And so for me, I, I choose what I want to see that, that makes me feel full and happy versus like dark and angry. <laughs> like I just, just do. It's not that, it's not that hard. Just. Yeah. Well, and it's take, easy to get, yeah. I think it's easy to get addicted to emotions are addictive. I think sometimes people get like addicted to the, like, like they get, I, I'm speaking from personal experience where like it's some sort of chemical hit of, oh yeah, my anger. I'm going to fucking I'm going to look through the comments of this post and get pissed off at more people. And you're like, yep, yep. I've been there too. Yeah. And it's like, you can get just as energized from heading toward positive stuff. It's just a different type of energy that later, maybe you're not going to need to like curl up in the fetal position in bed for and be like, and here's (laughs) another, like totally. And like, here's another thing. Like I, when, when the election, when it was the election and Biden won, like I, whatever I voted for Biden, but I, you know, I saw all of these people like coming on, just, just still talking so much like liberals talking so much hate about the, the right. And, and I, I got on like, and I, and I was after this, that I was like, I'm never talking about politics again. <laughs> and I was like, if, if we are just going to spew hate at the right, that's like the pot calling the kettle black. Like we just need to like just we won. Let's be won. humble Let's, and move forward. Exactly, exactly. And I, I got called a racist. I got called like because because I, I got called a lot of things, <laughs> and, I, and I deleted my stories. And I voted for Biden, and I am like, 
I, I'm one of the most like socially like in, highly intended people like in the world. Yeah, like, that you're like I'm just saying like let's be let's be the progress we want. Like let's, let's come from love and not fear. Back to what I said earlier, right? Like love over fear every day, and that was really my point. And I got slayed and I took down the post and I was like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to fucking ever talk about politics again. It's just, you really have to know your lanes and know your script. And if you're, <laughs> if you're, I'm not a political pundit, I'm a brand marketing girl who's like, you know, blonde and Jewish from the suburbs of Chicago. Like, I'm not going to talk about politics, about those topics. It's just not my game. And, and that's okay. Like, yeah. we feel like we have to. And I feel like it's easy for people to, especially like, in, well, I thought in election years, but it seems to like, it's, we've had a skewed last four years. So it's hard to really tell like what the social media landscape concerning politics will be long-term. But like, yeah, there is this sort of like, eh, do I have to say something of like, if I, can I just like feel an, a way? Do I have to like yell it from the top of a mountain and go, I also am supporting you and I'm, I am an anti- racist and i'm yelling it so that you know i'm like can't people feel this pressure to like i have to let everyone know and it's like it's okay to like have your opinions and not you don't have to like think you have to join the conversation and i like that you're saying that because yeah they're definitely i understand people having that pressure yeah um we don't have much time i know you're like on a hustle um i want to ask you a little bit about by the way i i heard that you like dabble in the spiritual with like 5d 3d meditation stuff like that would love uh -huh. to maybe tap you when much later when things slow down to like get you on and talk about that because i think that's awesome i would love it um so you are a, a female entrepreneur you're a, a business owner of this successful company let's talk about being a woman kicking ass as an entrepreneur like what are like some of the hurdles that you have met? I mean, obviously you told that story about a room full of men and being just being afraid. Um, are there some things that like you had to overcome or even just like things that weren't even real that you told yourself, Oh, as a woman, I'm going to meet X, Y, Z. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it's really, you know, easy to, like look at someone like you or me or whatever and just think like based on the way we look like based on the way we show up based on the way we are showing up online that we're a certain way yeah and I've had to I, I don't really feel like I have to prove myself now I mean I, I do in certain spaces like it depends on what opportunity I'm in but yeah you know, at the beginning of Simply Be, I mean, I, I had people, men in particular, laugh in my face, literally laugh, laugh loudly in my face when I told them my, my pricing. Um, right. I and, just got so mad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm still mad about that. He was <laughs> dead. And, uh, Get him. And, no, and it's, it's that kind of thing, right. Where, you know, you, I teach a lot of corporate workshops and corporate America is its own 3d reality. And <laughs> I walk into these spaces and they're like, arms are folded and their legs are crossed and they're leaned back and they're looking me up and down. And it's like, what's this girl going to teach me? And I, I walk into a lot of spaces like that. And 
Ugh. And I always find it like a, a fun and honestly a fun enough challenge. Challenge, yeah. That you're like, yeah, oh, like, do you need me to prove myself? Well, fucking yeah. strap in. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, just learning that after someone hears hears me talk for 20 minutes, like they 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 trust it. Like they're like, yeah. oh, she's not stupid or she's not a bitch because she's blonde or she's yeah. you know they're like oh she didn't fuck someone to get into this meeting. Like fucking stupid shit that people think. Basically, you know, and and I've had to I've had I've been up against that. I guess to some degree, but I don't really let it define me at all. And I've used my power as a woman in my divine feminine and the way that I lead and the way that I create and serve clients. It, it's a superpower. Like I don't hide the fact that I'm highly emotional, that I'm very deeply feeling, that I love hard, that I, you know, am intuitive, all of the things that come along with being a you're like, I'm not ashamed of all the things that you think they're like, well, women and their feelings. And you're like, yeah, you should try them. Try feelings. Well, that's the, that's the, the future. I think of business. I think that's where we're going as a society. Like it's time women rising is, is a, is a thing right now. And that it's because it's time. It's well, yeah, time. it's like long overdue. I mean, women have been oppressed because men knew that we were powerful. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the same as like with racism. It's like, we got to fucking create these blockages so that we don't have to try to measure up to these people who maybe might have more going on than us. We don't know. Like this, I mean that it's taken this long that it's, you know, and things are, I mean, I I fully agree with you. Like women, it's fucking time for women to rise. But that it's taken this long when it's so evident. You just look at like basic households. But like when I think of the people in my life that like I would trust to get something done. There's so many like women. And I'm not saying like I have no male friends that I would ever trust. I'm not that level. But no, the capability of women. I mean, it's just it's it's like this inherent ability to like fucking rule the world you know I was just gonna say that (laughs) literally it's like yeah no you should rule with an iron heart I guess not an iron heart but like just like yeah no you there should be the person at the top should have an emotional range like I want I want the CEO to have empathy that's what stops slave labor not to like maybe I got a little extreme but it's like no no but it's so true but it's like, like I need someone to like Oh, the person in charge, I want them to know that I'm a human if I'm working at a company. Anyway, I know you're very busy. You have this incredible book. Everyone, it's in the show notes. Uh, Go get it. Go follow Jessica everywhere. LinkedIn, Instagram, you name it. Um, Where can people follow you and get everything? The LinkedIn at Jessica's Wag on Instagram. You can go to jessicaswag.com to, to get my book and learn all about me. And thank you for the shout outs to buy the book. You can get it on Amazon, wherever books are sold, Barnes and Noble. Support support your local indie bookshop if you've got one. And yes. definitely pick up the book. Yeah. Um, well, amazing. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to enlighten us with all your knowledge. I really appreciate you being here. You're awesome. You have the best You're, vibes. You are so awesome. I'm so glad we met and I am sure I will see more of you in the future. I hope so. Yes. All right. Bye everybody. Well, there you go. Jessica Zweig, go to the show notes, get her book, go follow her. She's posting great content and she's just all around awesome. It was so great to have her. If you like her, you like the podcast, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Leave a rating, leave a review. 
Share it with your friends because everybody's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big, big thank you to Eric, Gene, Greg, Kathy, Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots over on Patreon. Couldn't do it without you guys. And there's a crappy hour this Wednesday. You guys can be part of it too. Join patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed in the League of Extraordinary Idiots level right now. But you can also join the $1 level and you're still supporting. And I am so appreciative of all the support. And there's stand-up clips. There's extra length episodes with no ads. So get on over there and get to the Facebook group. That is where I post for questions. I post the guests ahead of time. You know I love your questions. You can follow at Ignorance is Blessed on Instagram to see the faces that go with these voices. And um, yeah, you know, if you have additional questions about any guest or you have a topic you want covered, send it my way. The best way to do that is the Facebook group if you're not a patron. Patreon is also a great way to do it because uh, I see all those messages. But um, yeah, just... Get in there. Get involved. Keep giving suggestions and keep asking questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know, and the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Ah, thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots.